Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to episode 414 of The Daily Grind. Today, we sit down with the Chief Revenue Officer of ShipChain Inc., Sammy Rusani. ShipChain is a blockchain technology company redefining the massive transport and logistics industry. As a serial entrepreneur, blockchain advocate and investor, and talent manager, Sam has worked with some of the biggest brands in the world such as Sony, Fender, Virgin, Universal Music, Ogilvy, Heineken, Visa, and Mercedes. Born and raised in Sweden, Sam worked in entertainment most of his life and has always implemented new technologies to effectivize and grow. He is very involved in social issues, loves wine, and travels. He has visited more than 50 countries and occasionally rides motorcycles. Today's episode is awesome. Be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and really dive into today's interview with Mr. Sammy Rusani. Today's episode is brought to you by the podcast Revenue Generator. In this ebook, I break down and show you exactly how you can generate revenue with your podcast. Whether you're a solopreneur like me, business owner, or aspiring entrepreneur, I show you exactly how you can build a profitable podcast. There are so many myths around podcasting that you probably heard, and in this ebook, I will be reintroducing you to the business of podcasting. To learn more about this, be sure you go to dailygrindpodcast.com forward slash PRG. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's interview with Sammy Rusani. Well, Sammy Rusani, welcome to the Daily Grind, my friend. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I am great, Sammy. And uh, Sammy, if you wouldn't mind for some listeners being first introduced to who you are today, just uh, yes. speaking a little bit more as to who you are and what it is that you do. I am the uh, chief revenue officer and co-founder of a uh, software company called ShipChain. And I've also, in my journey coming here to where I am at this point in life, have gone through, uh, worked in entertainment for a long time. I also started an agency here in the U.S. where we work with some of the major brands like Mercedes and Visa and Heineken and Red Bull and all those guys. So. Uh, started a lot of companies, have done pretty well, but in between there, there's also the there's the crash and burns. And uh, born and raised in Sweden, so wow, that's that's a very short version of who I am. That's great. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go back to that. Like, what what was your childhood like growing up in Sweden? I mean, Sweden is a great country for kids. Um, you grow up. There's there's a you know it's a great school system. Uh, you know, healthcare is free, education's free. Yeah. Uh, childcare is free, all that stuff. So Sweden, is, it's a great country to grow up in. Uh, it just didn't fit my adult goals, so to speak. That's gotcha. why I kind of moved away from there. But I mean, overall, uh, you know, nothing really remarkable. Grew up in a small town with a small town mindset and had to work really hard to get out of that to, you know, become the guy I am today and, and achieve the stuff I've, I've been fortunate enough to achieve. Uh, yeah, so it's it's been a uh, you know it's good good childhood. It, I, it didn't prepare me for uh, the big world, but uh, but definitely safe and secure and yeah you know all that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up with like a you know my parents aren't rich by any means, but we're in Sweden. You're also not poor, you know. Uh, of course. So yeah. So what are some things you did to to develop your mindset as a as a young adult? You know. 
I always tell people the first thing I did was I worked in a factory. Uh, it was a meat packing factory of everything, right? Um, for one summer. And that's when I realized I'm never going to do this again <laughs> in my life. Fair enough. I don't want to work in a factory. I don't want to do heavy physical work. And I don't want a boss. Those were like three things where I was yeah. like, okay, my, my mind is set. So the, the first thing was, was experiencing it firsthand what I did not want to do. Uh, and then, you know, for me to get out of more of the, the small town mindset or the, the more narrow minded mindset that, that I had, unfortunately, was to really get some great mentors and then continuously educate myself, read books, but also more importantly than that, implement what I read and learned in those books. So that was a long journey for me growing up. So I was an introvert growing up. Didn't like talking to people, didn't like talking, you know, speaking in front of people was a nightmare uh, to, you know, who I am today. I love people, I love networking, love connecting, love speaking on stage, uh, have toured the world and, and all that stuff. But it was a long journey from, you know, shy introvert to, uh, well, you, you, you can be both an extrovert and introvert sure. as, as of today, right? But yeah, but, uh, yeah I definitely say mentors, uh, connecting with like-minded people. Uh, they can also act as your mentors or just peers and reading. But again, executing, implementing what you read and you're going to fail, 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 fail. And you're going to become a little better, a little better, a little better. And then you're going to become good at it. That's oh, just how yeah. it works. Absolutely. So what was your first sort of entrepreneurial endeavor after you realized working at the factory is not for you? You don't want to boss. <laughs> you don't want to do labor. Like what, what, were, what was the first thing that you tried on your own? So I actually started a, uh, at the time, it was a band booking uh, agency in okay. Sweden because what happened was my, my kind of hobby was, you know, playing in a rock band, right? So we were playing alternative rock, you know, Food Fighters kind of stuff. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to have some gigs around Europe. So we toured around Europe. Um, and then I realized the agents and the managers were making money. I never saw any money, uh, you know, broke artist life, right? So I'm like, yeah. what the hell, man? So I, I switched places, uh, you know, jumped over to the business side of the fence. And as I was out touring, I always made sure to shake hands with the club owners and the promoters, right? So they would remember me. So I could then book other bands um, that I wanted to work Smart. with. So I knew, hey, I have, yeah, I have ends here, 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 and here. And then, you know, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Netherlands. Uh, Bulgaria, all kind of over the place, right? So I started doing that, and that naturally kind of transcended, um, transitioned into uh, being asked to be a tour manager, which I was for uh, three or four years. I traveled the world as a tour manager for a lot of different bands, everything from like string quartets and singer-songwriters to the heaviest screamo metal <laughs> bands that were out there, right? So, okay. So, so those were some some very, very interesting times. I learned a lot on you know how to sell and, and handle very eccentric people to, you know, how to solve situations on the fly when there was a massive, you know, fire going on, not a literal fire, but a, you know, metaphorical fire. Um, and then that transitioned into be becoming a manager. So I managed music acts for a long time. I still have three acts to this day that I manage. Oh, really? but Yeah, but uh, because it's long-term contracts and it's, it's something that you've helped build and, yeah. you know, you have it, so it's it's uh, it's fun, but the music industry isn't what it used to be. So there's not really, unless the artists make it 
really, really big. It's hard to make uh, money to sustain uh, a lifestyle that you want, uh, uh, you know, especially in LA, which is, it's a very, very expensive city. Uh, but we're still working hard at it. Uh, but yeah, so um, I guess that was that was the slightly longer version of an answer there. <laughs> so how did someone from Sweden go from the music business to now managing talent? Now you're into blockchain. Like, how did that right. transition happen? Yeah, good question. Um, so, always been a tech nerd, always been interested in innovation okay. and innovative methods of, like, when I had my band, the only reason we were able to tour Europe was because I learned how to game MySpace. Uh, gotcha. You know, I, I learned how MySpace works. I had a, an executive call me from Sony, actually, and he was like, from the United States, he's calling Sweden, and he's like, hey man, uh, how come your little shitty unsigned band from this shitty little town in Sweden has more friends, plays, and views than you two? Like, wow. how does that happen? You know, and I'm like, well, uh, you know, I'll do the same for your bands, but you gotta send me a check. And he was like, deal. So, so that started my journey, that started my journey yeah, you know, that started my journey into working with, you know, a lot of all the labels, uh, Virgin, Sony, Warner, Universal, all these guys. I worked with a ton of, of campaigns for artists. Um, and that transitioned into, because some of these artists, they become associated with brands, etc. And then the brands come and ask, like, hey, you did this pretty cool thing. It was pretty innovative. Can you do something for us? So I started working with the brands, always looking for, like, okay, what what the hell is Facebook? Let's, let's look at what the, what's Twitter, like, you know. What, what are all these things like what's SEO and and uh, um, you know always looking at what's new what's how can I disrupt something like I love disrupting right rebel with the cause is I guess what they call it so long story not so short but so we, we started an agency me and Brian Evans who's now the CMO of, of ship chain we did an agency we were ranked on the Inc 500 list as the 25th fastest growing agency in the, in the United States at one point right so we had a ton of big brand clients, a ton of smaller clients. And then the, the cool story is I had a friend from Denmark come okay. over, right? Yeah. And this is maybe four and a half years ago or so. And he's like, Sam, you got to buy Ethereum. What the hell is <laughs> Ethereum? Like, why? He's like, oh, it's the new thing. Like, you got to trust me on this one. I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. And the Ethereum is at like 50 cents at that point, right? Yep. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. And he calls me two weeks later. He's like, Sam, you know, he'd gone back to Denmark and he's like, Sam, did you buy Ethereum? And I'm like, no, man. Like, okay, let me look into it. Right. So I bought some Ethereum and here now it's at like two bucks. Right. I, and I wish I bought way more, yeah, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so I was like, okay. And then I went up to five and seven and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Like, sure, it's fun to make money, but 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 what's happening? Why am I making money? What is this? And I started digging into what blockchain technology really enabled, and I was just blown away. As you know, this is like when the internet came along. I was like, holy shit! I was blown away. I had the same feeling about this. I was like, holy shit! This is this is. I mean, what they now call the fourth industrial revolution, right? Which is blockchain, AI, and IoT kind yeah. of thing. But but it's. I was blown away. It was kind of one of those where you know where you you open up a brochure you think it's like three pages and for every page you open a, a thousand extra pages get added to it gotcha. you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit like you're just you're just uh you know 
going down the rabbit hole, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, you're hooked. Uh, yeah, you get hooked. And I was like, wow. So beyond the money-making aspect, and the, uh, I saw what you know Bitcoin couldn't do, which was smart contracts and all that cool stuff. So that's really how I got into it. Uh, you know, and 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 uh, well, I forgot the, the funniest part of the story was, of course, that when he called me two weeks later, he also tells me. Oh, you got to buy it because I sold my house, I sold my car, and I'm moving into my mom's house with my girlfriend, you know? Okay. Me, me being stupid dude, I'm like, dude, you're going to be single soon, right? I, you know? Yeah. But he was like, no, no, I'm sure of this. And, of course, he bought, I think he put $250,000 into it at, you know, two or three bucks, and he cashed out when it was at 1200 So Holy just do the shit. math. Yeah. That's triple He's triple okay. digit millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. So he now has houses in every country of the world pretty much. But yeah. uh you know, so good investment for him. But but um again, regardless of, of the the money making and the, the crypto bubble and all that stuff, like the possibilities of these technologies are, are amazing. And that's really yeah, again, the long answer of, of how I got involved in it. Uh and we saw the opportunity of okay. How do we? How do I? How how can I be a part of this? That's the first thing I'm thinking. Like I can see it can disrupt so many industries. Where do I want to go in and just make some noise? A lot of people angry, but make them realize at the same time that this is better than what they're currently having. Of course, uh, and we looked at fintech, but you're competing against Wall Street and banks. Didn't really want to go there. Uh, of course, looked at the music industry. Uh, perfect for royalty distributions, etc. But finally settled on transport and logistics because it's not only one of the oldest industries on this planet, it's also one of the largest with a global annual revenue of $13.8 trillion. Wow. So, I mean, it's a massive industry. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So that's really how we got into it. And I got together with a team of just stellar guys and uh, we, you know, we raised money. We started the company. We now have 30 plus employees. We got a kick-ass platform. We got some cool customers, and uh, that's that's where it is. What was the biggest transition for you going from you know what you were doing to now? All of a sudden, I mean, you have a business. You have to manage people. I mean, what yep. it, what was that transition like for you going into a leadership role? Uh, you know, it, it kind of to me it kind of came naturally. Uh, because with the agency we had, we had eight or nine employees as well. Uh, having 30 is, of course, a, a much bigger challenge. Um, I think it's all about, I, I really, really have to give credibility, uh, I'll give credit to the, the team, props to the team, the other founders, but also the all the people working at ShipChain, for example, because they're all stellar people. Everybody has one common goal. Um, and everybody's working towards it. There's no, there's not a lot of, you know, drama. There's not a lot of um, anyone holding anyone back, or it's just been, it's amazing. So the transition there is, is you know, sure you're used to kind of hustling and, and grinding and, and working solo and all that, but but I've always been one to seek out peers and connect with people and work with people. Uh, I'd rather have it work with a network of people than me trying to collect the whole check myself. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, much more community and team driven, I think. So uh, it wasn't really that hard for me, but I can see how some people think it's, it's you know, there's, there's a big difference. I think the big challenge for many people, including myself, is, you know, I don't want to be a boss because I, 
I can't have a boss. I'm completely unemployable, right? So, <laughs> like, I, I don't want a boss. So I want I. a leader. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's someone who's a leader, there's many people that I look up to that are leaders, but I don't want a boss. So I'm, you know, trying to kind of implement that to be the same, uh, to to actually not be a control freak and and give people responsibilities and, and trust that they will deliver on them uh, and lead instead of commanding. You see what I mean? Yeah, totally. That's important. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great. What do you feel like are some common misconceptions with, with blockchain? I mean, obviously with what you're doing, people ask you, what are some common misconceptions there? Very good question. So common misconceptions are one, it's all cryptocurrencies, right? It's all just a big scam and then everybody's trying to scam you and make money and it's drugs and weird stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, first, first of all, I'd like to separate the two, right? Cryptocurrencies, sure, they're driven by blockchain technology, but you can't say the internet is all porn just because porn exists on internet. Yeah. I mean, we're talking now thanks to internet, right? I mean, a lot of people are working thanks to internet. So you can't just say there's just porn. There's not just scams. There's not just cryptocurrency. Blockchain enables so many other things, right? And then the other one is, of course, it was such a hype during last year. So now it's like, you know, it's almost like, oh, lose weight with blockchain because, you know, people seem to think it's the one it's the one God sent solution to everything. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's definitely not blockchain will not solve all of the problems in this world at all. Uh, you know, but it is a technology that's going to be completely integrated, I believe in our lives, but on a level where you don't really know it. Like, can you explain to me how LTE works or 5g? No. I, I'm a tech nerd. I don't even know how it yeah. works. But all I care about is how fast it is. How fast can I check, you know, Instagram, right? Or whatever yeah. you're doing on your phone. That's the same with blockchain. That's how it's going to be integrated in our lives. We know everything's going to be much more secure. Uh, it's going to be much more decentralized and transparent and all that. But you don't need to know how the technology works. It's just going to be there, you know. Leave it to the tech people. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I feel like with blockchain... I mean, I don't understand it, but I feel like neither do a lot of other people. But I feel like since oh. they don't understand it, they have their backup. They're, every time someone talks about blockchain, it's either they're on one end or the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, you know, you, you meet a lot, <laughs> you meet, uh, like you say, you meet a lot of people that, you know, they presented us the, the, the one solution to everything or it's all just a bunch of scammers, right? Yeah. When it's really, let's, you know, let's take a realistic look at this and see what it can do and what it can't do, right? No, you can't lose weight with blockchain. You got to fix your diet and go to the gym like, you know, yeah. like everybody else. Uh, it's not a one pill solution, but but it's definitely not a scam. And I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, <laughs> look at all the, the, the major corporations that are incorporating it into their whatever supply chains or fintech systems, payment systems, whatever. Uh, it's, it's a technology. A technology in itself can't really be a scam, you know. Yeah, so yeah, totally. So, so where do you see? I mean, obviously, with all this new technology coming out, say five, ten years down the down the future, are we going to see a massive change? I mean, with blockchain and AI, or how do you see the yeah. future playing out there? Absolutely, I think so. Two of my most passionate subjects are. Uh, blockchain and AI, and I think how they work together is just beautiful, um, because blockchain opens up for you know fairness, decentralization, security, 
And we have, you know, two of the most important keywords for blockchain is, is provenance and immutability, meaning provenance, you can trace data all the way back to its original source and you know it hasn't been altered along the way. That's great. Uh, and, and then immutability, meaning again, that you, you know, you can't alter the data. That's the problem with centralized solutions today is that there's an administrator that can change whatever they want, you know? Yeah. Uh, but with blockchain, that's impossible because everything is logged. Now, and with AI, I mean, the AI capabilities are just massive. I mean, what we're seeing now in the next five years, a lot of people are always scared. They think man against machine. Uh, I like thinking man with machine. Uh, and I saw a study that was just conducted by, I think, it was one of the big four, uh, I can't remember which one of them, but where it said like, oh yeah, in the next five years, you know, 4.8 million jobs are gonna be lost to AI, but it's also gonna create 5.2 million new jobs. So, yeah, they only, they only yeah. tell you the one part, right? Exactly, people like angling stuff from, from the worst angle possible. AI is gonna create so many new jobs uh, for people, but it's also gonna help us automate, uh, effectivize, uh, you know, make everything a lot safer, um, depending on where we implement it, of course. So it's not only, you know, it's not only Skynet and Terminators and, and you know, uh, super soldiers and, and uh, you know, we're so far away from that that it's not going to happen in our lifetime or the next 10 generations. So, you know, I have a very, very positive view on uh, the technologies that are now emerging and becoming really, really important in our lives. No doubt. So with the, all these technologies coming in, what are some things that, you know, we as people should be should be focused on? Because, you know, from my perspective, I could be completely off on this, but I feel like we need to start focusing on a lot of, you know, communication and going back to those sort of basic fundamental things as humans, because technology yep. is going to be able to do so many other things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They say one of the most uh, sought after or that's going to become one of the most sought after uh, kind of um, capabilities or what you want to call it for, for humans in, in the very near future is going to be your ability to communicate in person. Because a lot of what we're seeing now is a generation growing up with their noses in their screen all day long totally. and they become what we call slightly socially awkward, right? Yeah. And we're still going to need that ability to connect with people. People are, uh, you know, we're group animals or, or whatever you want, herd animals, whatever you want to call it, uh, pack animals. We need to have other people around us. We need to connect with them. We need to communicate with them, be it on a spiritual, emotional, physical, whatever level. Um, so you're absolutely right about that. I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I don't think we should all just become empty shells sitting in cubicles and, and letting computers control everything. Not at all. Uh, I just think a lot of the mundane tasks that are easily uh, automated, those jobs are going to disappear. Yeah. But we're also, who's going who's to program it? Who's going to you know who's going to monitor it? Who's going to uh, who's going to fix it? Who's going to support it, etc. So there's there's a lot of new opportunities. Uh, being created with this no doubt if you could sit down today with you know a 20 year old who is just full of you know what they say piss and vinegar who wants to create <laughs> you know like a life for himself um what would you say that like what were some what would some pieces of advice be to him 
or her? You know, a very good question. So I always tell, and I, I do meet a lot of these, and they always ask those questions, and I tell them, you know, remember, patience is a virtue, right? Rome wasn't built overnight. Everything is so glorified today. Time, you know, if you want to build something of quality and something of, of, of uh, integrity, uh, it's going to take time. There's no get rich quick, because if there was, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. You see what I mean? I'd be the yeah. richest guy on the hill. Like the, the, it just doesn't exist. So having patience. But then there's also I have a couple of you know favorite quotes that I always give him, and I think they you know it's always like somebody else always said it better, right? But yeah, they kind of ex they always they explain how to approach business and life in, in in a few words that would take a whole book to explain otherwise. But so so one of them is you know. Uh, don't try to please everyone. You're not chocolate, right? Yep. So, which, which is kind of like, you know, you can't please everyone. Work on what you're good at. Focus on your strengths and, you know, outsource the rest. Let someone else do what you're bad at. Um, there's another one uh, that I really like, uh, slightly more uh, brutal, but it, it, it is, uh, you know, if you're going to eat shit, don't nibble. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? If That's something true. bad's coming up, just yeah. handle it. You know, just take care of business. Handle it. Well, you're gonna have to eat shit many times in life. Don't nibble it. Just chug it down and move on. Like you know, let's just handle it and move on. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And then the third one, I think, is uh, also one of those. But because there's so many inspirational, you know, think like this, do like this. If you you know, if you can conceive, if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. Blah blah blah. But but uh, all those are pretty self-explanatory. Uh, think positive, you'll have positive things. But one that I really like that stuck with me for a long time is, is uh, in life, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So that's a good way of kind of explaining that. You're gonna feel pain in business, in life, emotionally, physically, whatever. You choose if you suffer from it. Yeah. You know? so true it's your choice and i think you either make one and you, you let it dictate the decisions you make by using it as a crutch yeah. or you can use it yeah. as fuel to do something great exactly Absolutely. exactly sammy if people wanted to connect with you follow along on your journey um where's the best place that they can all go um, they can find me on social media I'm on Twitter at Sam Rusani, R-U-S-A-N-I. I'm also on Instagram where I post a bunch of just weird stuff, uh, <laughs> mostly from my, mostly from my travels and, and my, uh, little endeavors. But, uh, it's, but the Instagram name is Sam and then number six and F T as in foot and then number nine. So Sam six foot nine, uh, cause that's how tall it is. It's been a thing that I nine? do. Yes, I am. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things because it's always the first question I get when people meet me, right? It's not, it's never, gotcha. what's your name? What do you do? Or it's yeah. always, hold, hold, or you know, so <laughs> it's, it's just become one of those things. Yeah, I'm sure it's become pretty old by now, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, it's because people think it's fun when they ask and they don't know I get that question 45 times a day. Yeah. And I always, you know, they, they look at me and I go six foot nine and no. 
they're like, how did you know both questions? Because they're always asked, how tall are you? And do you play basketball? Oh, you know? got you. you know, it's <laughs> funny because it was in my mind, but I wasn't going to ask it, but it was in my mind. <laughs> exactly. So, how about you know, volleyball? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, not too often, but yes. it happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome, man. Well, so, yeah. I'll share all those links to make it super simple to connect with Sammy here. Um, now, way we on the show here on the Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today, Sammy, to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. One thing or one thought is we have one life to live and we're going to die anyway. So no matter how uh, sad that sounds, take it as an opportunity to go out and do what you want, what your passion is, and don't let anyone stop you. Absolutely. And as you can see from this interview, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, knowing that you only have one life, everyone has to overcome obstacles, everyone has a story, start building yours today. Again, today we had the chance to speak with Sammy Rusani. Sammy, I want to thank you again so much for taking time out of your schedule and sharing some wisdom on the show here with us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is all mine. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, drop us a comment. We want to hear your thoughts. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.